pitching in for me. I um, appreciate that. Okay. <coughs> Daniel chapter 6. Like I said, this is going to be the last story and, and probably uh, it is the most uh, read story in Scripture and especially uh, when we talk to our children. It has a lot of truths there and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. I'm going to let the reader read uh, chapter 6 and then we'll come back and, uh, and say something about that. Chapter 6. It seemed good to Darius to appoint 120 satraps over the kingdom, that they would be in charge of the whole kingdom, and over them three commissioners, of whom Daniel was one, that these satraps might be accountable to them, and that the king might not suffer loss. Then this Daniel began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and satraps, because he possessed an extraordinary spirit, and the king planned to appoint him over the entire kingdom. Then the commissioners and satraps began trying to find a ground of accusation against Daniel in regard to government affairs, but they could find no ground of accusation or evidence of corruption. Inasmuch as he was faithful, and no negligence or corruption was to be found in him. Then these men said, We will not find any ground of accusation against this Daniel unless we find it against him with regard to the law of his God. Then these commissioners and satraps came by agreement to the king and spoke to him as follows. King Darius, live forever. All the commissioners of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the high officials and the governors have consulted together that the king should establish a statute and enforce an injunction that anyone who makes a petition to any god or man besides you, O king, for thirty days shall be cast into the lion's den. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it may not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document, that is, the injunction. Now, when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house. Now in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem, and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God, as he had been doing previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and supplication before his God. Then they approached and spoke before the king about the king's injunction. Did you not sign an injunction that any man who makes a petition to any god or man besides you, O king, for thirty days is to be cast into the lion's den? The king replied, The statement is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. Then they answered and spoke before the king. Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or to the injunction which you signed, but keeps making his petition three times a day. Then as soon as the king heard this statement, he was deeply distressed and set his mind on delivering Daniel, and even until sunset he kept exerting himself to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Recognize, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or statute which the king establishes may be changed. Then the king gave orders, and Daniel was brought in and cast into the lion's den. 
The king spoke and said to Daniel, Your God, whom you constantly serve, will himself deliver you. A stone was brought and laid over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of his nobles, so that nothing would be changed in regard to Daniel. Then the king went off to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no entertainment was brought before him, and his sleep fled from him. Then the king arose at dawn at the break of day and went in haste to the lion's den. When he had come near the den to Daniel, he cried out with a troubled voice. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel spoke to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me, inasmuch as I was found innocent before him, and also towards you, O king, I have committed no crime. Then the king was very pleased and gave orders for Daniel to be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no injury whatever was found on him, because he had trusted in his God. The king then gave orders, and they brought those men who had maliciously accused Daniel, and they cast them, their children, and their wives into the lion's den. And they had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then Darius the king wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men of every language who were living in all the land, May your peace abound. I make a decree that in all the dominion of my kingdom, men are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and enduring forever, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed, and his dominion will be forever. He delivers and rescues and performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth, who has also delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel enjoyed success in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. All right. First, first, uh, first word, it seemed good to Darius. If we back up, you know... uh, We'd had the writing on writing on the wall the last time we talked, and um, Belshazzar, the king, was slain. So Darius the Mede received the kingdom at about age 62. And we start off, it seems, good to Darius. Now, uh, Art has given us some background that that there's the scholars have some problems with Daniel and this is one of the problems because Darius outside of scripture is never mentioned it's not mentioned in secular history and and scripture more times than not is backed up uh, by secular history but in this particular case we have no uh, mention of Darius in secular history but the Bible does record it uh, there's several, several um, things here, uh, or reasons, or possibilities. And Dr. Pentecost, who I've been following, uh, he says, in his opinion, this is the best. He says that Darius was appointed by Cyrus to rule over Babylon. 
a comparatively small portion of the vast Mede Persian Empire. Um, according to Daniel 9.1, Darius was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom. And it suggests that he ruled by appointment rather than conquest, and thus he would be a subordinate to, to Cyrus who appointed him. And we talked about in Isaiah, you know, where Cyrus allowed the people to come back from this captivity to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls and rebuild the temple. So it doesn't matter to me, uh, as we've pointed out before, Art and I both have, that Jesus said, Daniel the prophet. So that's pretty good authority when, when the creator of heaven acknowledges that Daniel was a prophet and that what he said was true because he later goes in and says when you see the abomination of desolation which is coming in, in our study be, beware so uh, Darius we're gonna uh, how he got there I don't know <laughs> but he did and he was, he was king in this place at this time now if, if Daniel was taken into captivity, he and his, his compadres, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, at age, about age 16, that's, that's what the scholars say. At this particular time, Daniel was 80. So you take 16 from 80, and he's been there 64 years and he's been serving the king all this time. And uh, different kings has come, as we talked last, last week, before we got to Darius and before we got to Belshazzar, there were three other kings that had been there. Nebuchadnezzar was the first one, and that's uh, the one we have talked a good bit about. So at this point, we have an old man that's been in the service of the king some 64 years. Uh, and verse 1 tells us that it seemed good to Darius to appoint these 120 governors over the kingdom and they would be charged and over them would be three commissioners which Daniel was one. Uh, Verse 3 says, Then Daniel began distinguishing himself among the commissioners, the governors, because he possessed an extraordinary spirit, and the king planned to appoint him over the entire kingdom. We, we see shades of Joseph in, in, e, in Egypt where... <clears throat> Because of, again, because of a dream, he was elevated and he prospered and he did very well. Here's another situation of an of a immigrant comes in here and he distinguishes himself because of uh, his, his extraordinary spirit and, and uh, because he was a good administrator. Verse 4, when the commissioners and governors begin to try to find a 
ground of accusation against Daniel in regard to government affairs, but they could find no ground or accusation or evidence of corruption inasmuch as he was faithful and no negligence or corruption was to be found in him. God's people need to be the very best employees. Employee. If you're an employer, you need to be the very best employer. You need to give your best. You need to give your best. And that's what happened in this particular case and in Joseph's particular case and other cases we can find in Scripture. They distinguished themselves because who they were. I had been in business myself when I went broke and I had to get a job. And the Lord opened up a possibility in Greenville, South Carolina. That's been 30 years ago. And I went to work for this guy and I reported to the owner. I was project manager over everything that wasn't textiles. We had another guy that handled textiles. And he gave me the supreme compliment one time, I thought. He said, Bill, you're the only employer, employee I've ever had that thought like an owner. I'd been there. You know, I knew waste and I knew some stuff that we, we needed to correct. And we need to be the very best. And we need to encourage our children and our grandchildren to be the very best employee they can be for Jesus. For Jesus. Because it makes a difference. They could find nothing wrong with the man. Nothing wrong with the man. Nothing wrong with a man. But you know, human nature hadn't changed <laughs> from this time till now. Look at verse 5. Then the men said, We will not find any ground of accusation against Daniel unless we find it against him in regard to the law of his God. These commissioners came by agreement to king and spoke to him, King Darius, live forever. All the commissioners of the kingdom, the high officials and the governors have consulted together that the king should establish a statute and enforce an injunction that anyone who makes a petition to any god or man besides you, O king, for 30 days, or shall be cast into the lion's den. Can you say set up? <laughs> Has human nature changed? Are we still doing that today? Especially in government? We're 
we're we're doing everything we can you know and we find these weak spots in the armor of our own individual and we attack those because more times than not jealousy he's he's doing a good job but we don't like it because he's doing a good job that's that's what Daniel was accused of he said he's doing a great job we find no negligence we find him doing a fantastic job but we don't like it because he's over us and jealousy and greed and pride and all those things that interfere folks we need to be real careful about where we go and how we act and as I said before if we're a good employer employer or an employee we'll do our job to the best we can our job as employees is to make our boss as much money as he can that's your job as an employee anyway so they said we'll uh, we'll see what we can do but they lied to the king because not all the commissioners in the kingdom had went along with this because Daniel didn't know anything about it but verse 9 says he signed the document and this document couldn't be revoked and I find it interesting that they put a 30 day limit on it just 30 days you know <laughs> uh, we'll do this for 30 days and for what reason 30 days just for 30 days but he said he couldn't revoke it that was the law of the Medes and Persians verse 10 now when Daniel knew that the document was signed he entered his house now in the roof chamber he had windows open toward Jerusalem and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day praying and giving thanks before God as he had been doing previously. As a boy, 16-year-old boy, he made up his mind. He had a conviction. He says, I'm not going to eat what the king had it was his conviction wasn't anything particular wrong with what the king had but he wasn't going to eat it and so he he did then he prayed with the first dream that came to him he said Lord I don't know how to answer this man but give me the answer to his dream and he did and he praised God for it when he was praying here after being there 64 years 64 years he was praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing we've said it many many times before but the idea of giving thanks and 
being grateful and gratitude for everything sometimes is something we forget or we put on the back burner. Paul said in Philippians, the very famous verse that we all quote, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Being grateful is, is a lot. This is kind of corny, but as I was standing in the shower this morning, I was grateful for the water and the hot water. <laughs> After being gone for several weeks, I was really grateful for my shower <laughs> and my chair in our home. And I'm grateful for, for you. I've missed you. We, we get all hung up about the things we don't have. We certainly need to be very grateful for the things we do have. And we've been grateful a lot. <clears throat> I've got a sign in my office. It's a typical um, zero with a line through it. You know, no. And at the bottom it says, whining. <laughs> no whining. I'm glad you don't live with me. <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> there's... I'm not going to go there, Gwen. <laughs> but, but we... we you, you know where I'm going? We get all hung up on about what somebody else has or what somebody else is doing or somebody else has. And, and we forget the blessings that God has given us. And in this particular case, Daniel was praying and he was giving thanks to the Lord. Giving thanks to the Lord. <clears throat> Just the last leg of our journey uh, home, uh, we felt his brother fell and broke his leg and uh, I mean his ankle and had surgery and we scooted down to Texas and then came home. Just that leg was over 900 miles. And, and as our habit is, we pray that the Lord will take care of us as we travel and uh, give us wisdom in driving and being with the truck and everything else. And every time I go through Atlanta, <laughs> I'm grateful. Uh, how many times has the Lord protected us through that particular thing? And it's a little thing. And yet, when we ask, God grants our wishes. Accidents do happen, and I understand that. So, 
he was praying. Then the men came in verse 11. They knew he was going to be praying. They came and they said, well, we caught you. You pray into some God besides Darius. And uh, so they came in verse, the latter part of verse 12. The statement is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be revoked. Then they answered and spoke to the king. Daniel, who was one of the exiles from Judah? Pay no attention to you, O king, or keeps the injunction which you have signed, but keeps making his petition three times a day. How many years I'd say he'd been in Babylon? 64 years. And this bunch says, Daniel, who was one of the exiles? I got to thinking about that, and I, you can find anything on the internet. So I Googled, how long do you have to be in town to be a local? <laughs> This came from High Country News. I don't know anything about it, but it's it kind of kind of. He had had an encounter in town. All the way home, I kept thinking that the clever things I should have said along the dusty road, up the shoulders of the mountain, turning at a steep, ruddy drive. I spoke out loud to her. I sounded probably just like she'd expect an uppity newcomer like me to sound even though I lived there for 15 years. <laughs> in case you're wondering, you will never be a local in town like these. The scenic but not especially popular ranch towns scattered across the West, it doesn't matter how many decades you've lived there, if you weren't born, born there, you carry yourself differently. And you might as well as have a bullseye tattooed on your forehead. If you're not a Navy, you're just part of the new trash. So, <clears throat> Daniel, been there 64 years, and they bring up the fact that he was an exile from Judah. So, verse 14, it distressed the king very much. And he tried to do something different, verse 15 says, but he couldn't. Verse 16 tells you the faith that Darius had in Jehovah God. He says, your God, whom you constantly serve, will himself deliver you. Darius said that. Stone was brought, sealed it, and then at dawn, chapter verse 19, the king arose at dawn, at break of day, and went to haste to the lion's den. When he had come near the lion's den, he cried with a troubled voice. The man hadn't slept all night. He was worried about his friend. Daniel 
servant of the living God, has your God whom you constantly serve being able to deliver you from the lions? Daniel said, O king, live forever. And he was glad to hear it. He said, My God has sent his angels and shut the lion's mouths, and they have not harmed me. Uh, o king, I have committed no crime. Verse 23, the king was very pleased and said, Get Daniel out of there. And then verse 24, as this happens several times, it, when you read the book of Esther about the, the harm Nahum was going to do to Mordecai, built us gallus, and yet he suffered the fate. Verse 24, the king gave orders and they brought the men who maliciously accused Daniel, cast them, their children, their wives into the lion's den. They had not reached the bottom of the den, the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. <coughs> Verse 26, Darius made a decree that the people are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and enduring forever. And it's his kingdom, the one that will not be destroyed. The living God. Back a chapter, verse 5, chapter 5, chapter 23. Um, But you have exalted yourself, the Lord of heavens, and have brought the vessels of the house before you, and you and your nobles, your wives, your concubines have been drinking wine from them. You have praised the God of silver and gold and bronze and iron and wood and stone, which do not see, hear, or understand, but the God in whose hands your life, breath, and all your ways you have not glorified. So one more time, the Lord said in this case, Darius has made a, a decree. He is the living God and endures forever. Folks, we serve the living God that will endure forever. He is the one that we owe our allegiance to. He is the one that we need to pray to. He is the one that we need to be thankful for every day. When we were in Isaiah, we looked at the cross and the coming and, and we did a, a, a song that Dottie Rambo had written uh, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. The God of heaven knows who we are. He, he loves us. He wants us to be obedient to him. He wants to hear from us. And we need to be very thankful that we can do that very thing.
Daniel in the lion's den. Beautiful story of God's sovereignty, which is we keep coming back to it in this scripture. Now, chapter 7 and on through the rest of the book, we're going to leave these nice stories that we can wrap up with a bow. I don't know how we're going to do the rest of the book, but it's going to be different because it is different. Now, chapter 7, if you read it, the very first words of chapter 7, now in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon. Now, we just got through, we got a different king. We buried that guy, so to speak. So this dream that Daniel himself had, we leapfrog back, you know, and, and we'll look at, at, uh, at Daniel's dream. And uh, the Lord didn't choose immediately to reveal to Daniel what his dream was, but we'll talk about that next week. So uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Again, happy Mother's Day. Who's preaching today? Bert. Okay. So we're grateful for for Bert to back, come back and and uh, and help us. Anything else? Well, let's go to the Lord. Father, we thank you for who you are, and we're very, very, very grateful for who you are, and for what you do in our lives every day. All the blessings we have, and all the all the goodness we have, it's all because of you, and we thank you for it. We thank you for the story of Daniel in the lion's den, and that uh, his faithfulness, the Lord honored, and. It's a beautiful story, but yet we know in reality that it's the truth. God loves us, and if we love Him, He'll honor our petitions. Maybe not always with the outcome we want, but we can be assured that it'll be the best for us. So bless us as we go from this place. Bless Bertie as he preaches. May we have ears to hear and hearts to listen. And we'll give you praise for it all. For it's in God's name we ask it. The name above all names, the name of Jesus. Amen.